I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. We as a family thank you for your presence here today as we commemorate the completion of Lena's course. She is known to some of us as mom, to more of us as grandma, and to all of us as one who has run her course well. And that's why we're here today. Now, I never ran a marathon, and the primary reason why I didn't is because I knew I couldn't. So I don't know exactly the feelings of running a marathon, but it would seem to me that the most significant part is the completion. Anyone can begin, but only a few can complete. And the last portion of mom's race has not been easy as she neared the finish line. Recent months, it has become increasingly difficult, but she persisted and she finished her course. And she is going to claim her prize and through our tears, we rejoice with her in that. So there is victory and completion, and I think that's what mom is experiencing today. And I think one of her children expressed it very well yesterday. This is what mom was living for. This is what she was looking forward to all of her life. So again, we welcome you here and thank you for coming to share this time with us. And our desire is that you will be encouraged and challenged here with us today. For those of you that it's not too difficult, I invite you to stand together for prayer. Father, we're here to thank you for mom's life. Thank you for the 82 rich years that you have given her and for the privilege we have had to be with her and to know her. I thank you for the testimony that she had of a race that was run well and for the lives she has touched, for the blessing she has been. And I thank you for the blessing that many people that are here together today have been in her life. So Father, we are here to honor her life, but we are here to honor you. And our desire is that your name would be lifted up during this service here together. Our prayer is that we could be challenged to keep our eyes on you and to run the race that's set before us, striving towards that finish line. Lord, we look forward to the time when we can be ushered together into your presence. We pray for your glory. Amen. You may be seated. The sermon today will be divided between two sons, Glenn Esch and Lloyd Esch. At this time, we would like to have two congregational songs led by a son-in-law, Jesse Stotzfus, and then immediately after the song, Glenn, you may come forward, and then Lloyd, you may follow Glenn.
All right, well, I think the, uh, we think of mom as, as a, a faithful person. Uh, I think of her as, a, as a, she has strong faith and uh, not too much. She, she wasn't swayed one way or the other. She was very stable in her Christian walk and asked the question, what, what made that? And I think it's her life, um, what she went through, the trials she went through, uh, brought her to where she was and her love for the word, her love for the Bible and for Jesus. Let's sing together. My hope is built on nothing less. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the song is, is uh, one of her, was one of her favorite, favorite songs. Let's sing this song. <clears throat> Tempted and tried,
It's with the peace of Jesus that I can be here and celebrate mom's life. I know it's maybe a little unusual for a son to have the meditation at his mother's funeral, but this is what mom wanted, and mom taught us that unusual didn't matter if it was the right thing to do. So uh, with that, I want to just honor mom in this way. Mom committed her life to Jesus early in life. She had a desire for things of God from there on out. And I thank God for my grandpa and grandma that taught mom to really seek after Jesus. It's evident in the uncles and aunts and in uh, the legacy that they passed on. Mom decided at age 13 that she would follow Jesus with all her heart, and she went out back behind the tobacco shed and made that commitment. She put her faith and trust in Jesus, and and just recently, um, she went back to that place, and we took pictures, and if you were here last night, you might have seen the picture of the tobacco shed where she committed her life to Jesus um, those many years ago. It was there that her journey of trusting in Jesus started. She would know that Jesus takes care of sin. And she was really clear with this. There was no fear of the fires of hell. It was in the death and resurrection of Jesus that she put her confidence. And it was important to her that everyone could say, I know where I'm going when I die. That was important to her. Life was not a balancing act of getting enough good deeds done, but it was in a trust, in a childlike faith to Jesus. You know, children of the perfect Father don't live under the threat of doing something wrong, and just because they did something wrong, they're going to be thrown out of the family. No, a 10-year-old child doesn't think of it that way. A 10-year-old child isn't thinking, well, I better do what's right here, or I'm not going to get breakfast next morning, or I got to do these things, Or I might be thrown out of the house. Of course not. And that's how we can place our faith in Jesus Christ. To take care of our sins and be his children. Mom's kitchen has a window. And it's actually two windows. They fold out so you can let the fresh air in. And this morning, I grabbed the plaque that was there. That was there where she washed dishes, and when she looked out, it was right in the center post, and it's just a simple, small, black uh, plaque here with white lettering, and the title, Trust, is written there, and normally titles 
you capitalize the first word. But this one, the artist decided it needs to be all lowercase. It's not uppercase shouting at you. It's just lowercase. And I don't know what the uh, artist was thinking about with putting the title in lowercase as trust. But maybe he was thinking that trust is a simple message. It's something that everyone can do. It doesn't take a lot of schooling. It just takes, well, trust. And that's what mom did. She put her trust in that. And then the verse in white with a few bold letters here, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Mom trusted in Jesus. And she stepped into life with that trust. She stepped forward into difficult times with that trust. It didn't take a college degree. It didn't take years of experience. It just took trust. Because she trusted in Jesus, she had a desire to learn more and more about him. And her Bible, which I have here today, is marked up and worn because she wanted to know about Jesus. One of the things, though, that I remember that captured and riveted her attention was the second coming of Christ and about heaven. She loved the last book of Revelation here. And she spoke about the end times, the thousand-year reign, and the glories of heaven as uh, spoken about in the last book of the Bible that the Apostle John wrote. She had her focus on Jesus and the future and the time that someday she would meet him face to face. She had that focus so much that today didn't matter. Actually, that doesn't quite sound right. Her focus was so much about Jesus and the future life and in him that today didn't matter. I'm not sure if I got that quite right. Maybe, maybe it should be rephrased. Her focus was so much about Jesus that the future uh, and the future that every moment mattered. Every moment mattered. She had a hard time in her um, uh, joy for life and energy for life, she had a hard time understanding 
the value of sleeping in on Saturday morning? Why would you spend those perfectly good daylight hours in bed? It made no sense to her. I remember getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning to pick peas because why would you waste the cool hours of the morning and then work in the hot sun? No, you get out at 5 o'clock and you start working. And my baby brother, Gene, is scarred from this. In fact, he knows the exact length of the, uh, the, the peas. He counted... There was seven rows, and each row was 100 feet. See, when he went to school, I think that was 700 feet of peas. And not only that, we couldn't waste the springtime sun at all. Uh, it was important to get the peas out in February if the sun shone uh, warmly in, in the last week of February. It seemed almost like a goal for her. And we teased her often about these things, and she laughed with us about it. Those are good uh, memories that we have. But in our teasing, we did really admire and respect the resourcefulness and diligence of mom. Because her focus was so much about Jesus, and the future life with him and his second coming, every moment mattered. And this translated into loving her children, her grandchildren, and those around her. And she prayed by name consistently for them. But not only those of her children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, but she also cared about those outside of her home. Mom and Dad taught us to reach out to others and to bring them into our homes. Every life mattered. Not just every moment mattered, every life mattered. When we trust in Jesus... God does something miraculous in here. He puts his Holy Spirit in us. And his Holy Spirit produces fruit. Fruit as given in Galatians 5.22 that says, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You see, there was really nothing special about Grandma, about Mom. She was just an ordinary church town, Pennsylvania child. But there was something really special about her. Nothing special, but really special. And it was because she placed Jesus in her life, and people mattered. And this was evident in her hospitality. <clears throat> Home was just, not just for family. Home was for people. 
Our friends and the youth group were always invited. At the drop of a hat, there was chocolate milk and popcorn. People live with us, fresh air children, um, exchange students over uh, holidays, a school teacher, and um, also Michelle from New Jersey, a city kid. <laughs> and when there weren't beds for tourists uh, in the motels for miles around, mom and dad had tourists in our home and gave them breakfast in the morning. Mom cooked meals for tourists all the time. Tourists came for um, watching dad milk. And our home was just constantly people there. And I look back and I see what a blessing that was. They taught us to, uh, to see people and to value people and to cherish them, no matter who they were. And I brought this this morning. This was something right inside her door where her guest room was. It's a little dusty now. Mom hasn't cleaned for a while. And it says, Welcome. Enter as strangers. Leave as friends. And that was a message that she gave to everyone that came into our home. In her last days, we would sit and we would read from the scriptures. And one of the scriptures uh, that I read to her that really um, meant a lot to her uh, is found in 2 Corinthians Four, uh, chapter 4. A few verses I'll read from there. And I wondered, I didn't take the, uh, her Bible home with me, um, and I wondered, would she have it underlined? And I came this morning and took the Bible out of the casket, and I looked. And sure enough, there's blue and black ink here in her Bible as she has these underlined. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. And then I move down toward the end of the chapter, and she again has this, Underlined, for our, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. This was her life. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are temporal eternal. Thank you, Glenn. You know, 
all of us enjoy relationships. All of us have a mom and dad. Some of us have great memories. Some of us not so many, not so good. But as I look back on my mom and dad and the legacy that they have left, I am extremely grateful because we have been blessed as a family and as friends, you have been blessed by the life of a godly woman who was in love with her Lord. And as I thought over, what do I talk about? You know, mom would have been the very first to say that to pass on to the person, the people around them or to her Lord the glory of what was happening because she gave her life to the Lord. But I believe we do well to analyze and look at our, our own lives and say, what legacy are we writing? Mom was not a person that was given the title of an evangelist. She was not educated as an evangelist, and yet she was evangelistic. She was not given the wealth to travel the world the way that she wanted to or would have loved to. And yet today, the world is impacted by her life. She was not from an affluent family where prestige and glory was given easily. But her legacy will continue to influence generations to come. And I love that about our Lord. He takes wherever we are, whoever we are, good, bad, wealthy, poor, affluent, or not as affluent. And he takes us and magnifies his life in and through us. The simple choice that we have to make is to follow. And he will take us wherever we are And again, glorify himself through us. You know, um, again, as I look at her legacy, and she would be the first again to pass this on as the, as the grace of God and want glory to be given to her Lord and not to herself. But her children, which she had seven children, out of those seven children, three of them, three families have adopted because of her influence. Out of those seven children, three families are ordained ministers of the gospel. Out of those seven children, there is a ministry that has gone out into the community and the world that 
would have never happened had she not made her commitment at 13 and then followed. She didn't just talk about her Lord. She lived the Lord. She was an example to us with the openness of her house. You know, we, we, some of you understand when we talk about a glass house or an open door. That's how we lived. We had tourists walking up our driveway early mornings or in the evening to watch us milk cows. And in the midst of that, there was a radiance in a gospel shared that sometimes they would come in for dinner in the evening. Or if there was challenges that they were facing, it would be addressed. It would be prayed over. It would be talked about. There was a love that radiated in the midst of working. And I thank God for that, because that is being passed on from generation to generation. Today, there's six of her grandchildren that can't be here because of missions overseas or, or in other countries. They would love to be here. It's not a life of ease. Mom didn't walk a life on a bed of roses. But it's a life of following that leaves a legacy that is beyond what you and I can ever imagine of the wealth that comes back. You know, in Matthew chapter 6, it talks about laying up treasures in heaven and allowing our pursuits to be eternal. Laying up treasures in heaven where moth and rust doesn't destroy, rather than on this earth, where it is only for a season. And that was mom. It didn't matter what happened. The only thing that mattered to her is that her God, her Lord, was glorified. And that's a legacy that I treasure. And you know, as I look back over that, you and I have choices to make. Choice is a, is a unique gift that we have been given. It is because we have been made in God's image that you and I have been given choice. But it is because of choice that relationships exist. It is because of choice that love can really blossom. And I don't have time this morning to develop that, but you and I have a choice to make. We can alter the destiny that we're on, for good or bad. And mom did an excellent job in allowing her children to make choice. But in those choices to guide us and challenge us.
There was times that some of us made choices that she didn't prefer. Again, uh, freedom is challenging. Choice gives us challenges. Life is challenging. But again, as you walk in it, and as we embrace it, with the help of our Lord Jesus Christ, we can let a legacy that will last forever. That is eternal. And that's what mom did. We had the beauty of experiencing some of that this weekend. On Friday evening, we as a family were together. We knew it was only a matter of time. And what a beautiful service, or it wasn't a service. The ashes, I don't know if we can put a service together. That's, that's typical. But um, it was a time of celebration. We sang, we talked. But out of that evening, after we said goodbye and we're about to leave, somebody needed to stay with her. Somebody needed to monitor her through the night. And we were blessed with Michelle Harris. Somebody that was impacted by mom, who had the experience as a registered nurse to sit beside her and monitor her. What a blessing. Because of God's life, or because of mom's life. She made a tremendous impact on Michelle. And because of that, Michelle was able to monitor her while we enjoyed, again, watching her last moments. Michelle was taking her pulse, was checking her breathing, and told us when it was finished. Saturday evening, we had a wonderful meal, an elaborate meal, given to us by Dilshad. Again, someone who has been impacted and given his life to the Lord because of the legacy that was built by mom and dad. You know, life is not easy. It's not meant to be easy. In fact, we talk about, and you've heard about, the whole concept of a tree that, that is, again, surrounded, and it doesn't become strong. Something that, a tree that's out in the middle has much more strength. God knows each one of our needs and desires. And he wants a legacy that doesn't end at the end of our lives here on this earth. He wants a legacy that will go into eternity. And because of that, he surrounds us with what it takes to build that. The simple thing that you and I need to do is trust and follow. 
It is not by wealth. It is not by education. And it is not by being affluent. It is the simple truth of believing and trusting. Matthew 6, verse 19 and 21, it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there is your heart also. So mom would say, where is your heart? I can tell by where your treasures are. And I challenge us to think about that. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth is made, a confession is made unto salvation. It's not an elaborate, difficult journey to have a legacy that walks through eternity with, with depth, with beauty. It is simple. It is a trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, the God who created us all. It is a confession that we make to follow, and He guides. Again, I challenge us all, and mom would want us to challenge, want to challenge us all to be faithful like she was. I am proud of her legacy. God bless. Well, thank you, Glenn and Lloyd, for sharing. You know, if I walked into the back of this church um, and heard them speaking, I would, there's no way that a lady can do all that. That's ridiculous. But we were all there, right? We saw it. We saw this in Lena. For me, it was in the 90s. And we could go to the farm anytime we wanted. And um, in the midst of the that wheel that just kept turning on that farm, the constant action, and some people call it organized chaos. Uh, we were never in the way. We never felt like we were intruding. We were always welcome. Uh, such a blessing. Um, there were times that we turned the farm upside down, and nobody complained. Not once do I remember that. Um, I thanked your mother for that uh, a few weeks ago. But I would like to thank you as a family for that as well. Um, like you've heard, that tradition and legacy has, um, 
you've just continued that so well. We could stand up here for a long time and talk about all the things that you all are involved in and have done in your homes, in your community, in churches, and around the world. God bless you as you continue to do that. All right, at this time, um, the family is going to share some memories, some more memories. And um, so whoever's in charge of that, just come on up. Uh, after that, um, uh, Ken will uh, read the obituary. Um, so go ahead. Okay, this is the first time I've seen Shy Eshes. One of the uh, things that Grandma always uh, valued was, as we were together as family, is to spend time singing. Uh, many times, most times, when we were gathered together, either at holidays or uh, just gathered together as a family, she'd be like, let's just get everybody together and let's sing some songs. And um, yeah, just earlier this summer when her health was declining uh, pretty rapidly, uh, we gathered around her and just sang for, it was a couple of hours, um, and we didn't know how much time we had with her, but uh, we uh, just gathered together as a family and we're singing, and that is something that was really close to uh, her heart, and she um, asked that uh, we sing these songs today, and some of these are favorites of hers, and uh, anyway, so uh, worship with us as we uh, as we sing a couple of songs here.
Well, when I think of grandma, uh, my memories go all the way back to being on the farm. And uh, growing up as grandchildren, we were, always, we were always welcome on the farm at grandma's house. And whether it was swimming or gathering around the grapevine, eating the apple peels as she peeled the apples, or her signature roast, mashed potatoes and pie, as grandma prepared for her tourist groups, whether it was working in the chicken house, raking and jumping in the massive piles of leaves, serving tourists, or working in what she called a garden, and I always thought it was more the size of a field. <laughs> Grandma always seemed to love to have us around, and she included us in her work. Grandma loved her children and her grandchildren. She worked hard, she served others, and she openly spoke of her faith. And I can clearly remember many times as a boy hearing Grandma talk about the Lord's return. It seemed like whenever conversation would come up around the brokenness and the evil around us, that she would talk about that day. She would ask people very bluntly if they knew where they were going when they died, if they were ready for the Lord's return. She truly believed the Lord's return is very near. She wasn't afraid to ask people if they were ready. Grandma would often say and talk about how that for her there was no greater joy than to see her children and grandchildren walk with the Lord. When I lived in Mexico, Grandma traveled via plane and then over 12 hours via bus to visit me in the mountains of Sinaloa. For work... For weeks, she spent time in my world, serving in whatever way she could. I'll never forget before she left when she looked me in the eyes and said, Ryan, I pray for you and your boys every day. And now that day for Grandma has come. She's with Jesus. The days that she spoke of, the days she longed for, as long as I can remember. The memories are rich, the legacy is deep. And I can't but help, I can't help but think of her words that she would say today if she could speak to each one of you. Do you know where you're going when you die? And are you ready for the Lord's return? Nate said I'm supposed to introduce myself. I'm Matt, a grandson, and my father is Ken. Uh, that was Brian. His father is Jake. Um, yeah. To me, Grandma was very special, and um, just in many different ways. I'm been blessed this weekend, um, and as I was sitting here, I was like, she was so, she was so talented. Um, she was, she was really small. We all know that, but she was mighty, and she was fiery. She was spunky, 
like we would say. But she was really talented. And that can be seen by this right here. This was, this was hand-knit by her. I think I said that right. Hand-knit by her. It was, it's been in their living room. Um, she was extremely good seamstress. She was extremely good in the kitchen. You know, she could cook up a feast in, what, yeah, 45 minutes to an hour. And it wasn't just uh, soup. It was, it was the real deal. There was pies involved, that kind of thing. And then she was good in the garden. We all know, we heard the, yeah, we heard Brian say it was sometimes felt more like a field than a garden. Um, but she was like, she was really good. And... Uh, she was constantly out mowing the yard or washing the van or I don't know. I don't know how she did it. And, and, and then she raised these five boys, which that was probably the hardest part. <laughs> uh, to me, grandma was a friend and, um, yeah, I'm honored to, to have actually worked with her, um, at the age of, either 14 or 15, I was a busboy at Diener's, and Grandma worked on the grill, and if I have it right, she worked Mondays, um, I know she worked more days than that, but Mondays, and some Mondays were a little slower, and so um, there was definitely uh, some advantages to having Grandma on the grill, because she would make me whatever I wanted, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just remember her even even at work. I know Ada knows. She loved the people that came in and um you know, she loved her job even at even at her her age then and um yeah, that was really looking back, that was a it's a really special memory for me to to say that I worked with my grandma. Um Yeah, the the last, um, I, I didn't write anything down, so uh, bear with me here. Um, over, over the last couple of years, I also, I also, or we always went to church here. Grandma and Grandpa always went to church here. We always saw them together. And as a youth, um, we would, uh, the way it works here for Sunday school, we, the youth file out the back, and then... In the basement, we come to some of these front classes, and some of the older women and grandma always filed out the front one down the back steps, and their class was in that corner. So me and grandma would always pass, and, and she would always give me a smile, or uh, she would come and touch my, touch my arm, or sometimes she even gave me a hug. Um, and grandma was, she was small, but she was a really good hugger. <laughs> I will say that. I love hugs, and she gave some really good hugs. Um, and then the last two years, I was the superintendent, and I would dismiss the people for Sunday school, and she always walked by and gave me that same smile or touched my arm or, yeah. And those, some of those moments is uh, what I'll miss the most. And even over the last, last few months, um, I definitely missed her. Seeing her, I mean, she was always here before. Always walk out and give me that same smile. 
couple weeks ago, I got to spend some time with her, and we were sitting there, and uh, this was, she would talk some, but um, yeah, she didn't talk that much. Uh, she would say words here and there, and, and Martha was there, it was a Saturday afternoon, and I was sitting with her, and Martha, Martha said to Grandma, hey, don't you have a, didn't you make a blanket for, for Matt's baby? That's, we're having a baby in a couple weeks, and um, Grandma said, yeah, and Grandma, and Martha said, well, you should give it to him, and Grandma said, no, you don't give it before the baby comes. <laughs> that was really special to me, and, and that blanket is back uh, on the table, and it's a beautiful blanket, it really is. Um, I had to think of Grandma as she went to heaven. Uh, we know heaven's perfect, uh, but I just don't. Grandma in heaven, I know she's not holding still. <laughs> I know she's she's probably fixing up the garden that's perfect already, <laughs> or sweeping the floor that's already clean. But we know that she's not holding still. Um, and honestly, she's probably in heaven making a few more blankets for Michelle's boys or our babies. We miss you. Going to Grandma and Grandpa's house was always a highlight of my growing up years. Grandma always had time for us. She would play on sleepovers with me and my cousins and spend lots of time playing games and doing puzzles with us. She was competitive and always made the games fun. Another thing I looked forward to was when Grandma would come to our house. She would always mend my clothes and sometimes even make doll clothes for us. She always had, I always thought it was fun when she helped us give baths to our dolls. In the past several months, I've had the privilege of doing night duty at Grandma's house. Mama Michelle would watch the monitors and would call me when she needed help during the night. She often woke up early morning, mornings, wishing it was Sunday morning so she could go to church. Grandma was so disappointed when we would tell her that it wasn't Sunday morning or when it was Sunday that she wasn't good enough to go. She so badly wanted to go to church. One morning she said, Sunday just never comes. I know that prayer was important to Grandma. The night before she died, some of us cousins were <laughs> around her bedside. When Derek um, pr prayed a short prayer, I saw a tear running down her cheek. <laughs> it was special be to be by her bedside as she entered heaven. Then Sunday came. Grandma was part of that perfect worship service. Grandma, I want to sing with you sometime in heaven. Grandma and Grandpa have handed on a rich and beautiful legacy. Grandma lived a life of hosp um, hospitality, humbleness, hard work, teaching her children and grandchildren by example. Some of these stories are memories that her daughters shared, um, stories that we've heard. Uh, Grandma taught her children to love their church and she also taught them to um, spread out to love others from different denominations. 
Grandma never viewed strangers as an annoyance to be avoided. Strangers were new opportunities for friendships. Grandma taught her children to work together. If there was a job Grandma didn't enjoy, she didn't ask someone to do it alone. She joined them, she helped. Her children, as was already mentioned, um, remember spending hours working together in the garden, in the chicken house. One year, uh, this is a story that we heard um, Sunday evening, one year the pullets started laying eggs uh, before they were transferred to the laying house. And came time to clean the chicken house, and an egg fight broke out. Uh, what it really got serious is when, instead of Grandma shutting it down, she joined right in. And the fight apparently got so ambitious that Grandpa felt he needed to protect the school bus. <laughs> Grandma knew how to work hard, but she also knew how to play and how to have fun, too. Um, Mom says that once a week when, um, when the children were young, when they were at home, there was a family night planned, often on Friday night. And the children often voluntarily stayed home, playing games and putting puzzles together. Grandma was competitive. She played to win. Grandma prayed for her children and grandchildren by name. Her prayers would sometimes get long because she committed to pray for her children and many grandchildren scattered across the globe. She often told me she was praying for me, and I remember her asking me to remember to pray for her, too. In the past several years, Grandma cared for Grandpa. She did it well. It was hard, to think of her, it was hard for her to think of not being able to take care of him anymore. I remember a few years ago uh, going with, Grandpa, with Grandma to visit Grandpa in the hospital. Grandma and Grandpa have been members of the Gideons for longer than I can remember. And Grandpa being in the hospital did not stop them. Um, I was there for the evening with them, and Grandpa offered a New Testament uh, to the nurse who cared for him. And then when I was driving Grandma home, we, we were going to leave for the evening. And she made sure we stopped at the front desk. Um, she wanted to make sure that the front desk attendant had a New Testament. They were passionate about sharing the gospel, and their influence has reached far. As was already mentioned, um, some of their grandchildren aren't here today because they're spreading the gospel in other countries. One of the things that Grandma taught her children and grandchildren was to trust God in every situation. She always, heard, she always encouraged her children to love God, to look to God, and I remember Grandma telling us that nothing was too small to talk to God about. In the last few months, um, Grandma wasn't able to talk on the phone much. So one of my last phone calls with her was several months ago. And I called her, and she was convinced that if I called her all the way from Canada, that there must be some sort of big news or big announcement. And it took a long time to convince her that I called her just to chat. I just called her to talk to her. Um, and when she finally caught on, I just called her to talk to her. And she started telling me about her morning. And one of the things she told me um, was the prayer that she had prayed that morning. She said, Lord, I don't have a smile this morning. May I borrow yours? Grandma depended on God, and she encouraged her children and her grandchildren to do the same. My name's Danielle. I'm also Ken's daughter, which... Lena is my grandma. I feel very honored to be up here, and I hope I can 
portray some of the memories from um, her children to you all. Um, something that a lot of people have shared already is how hardworking um, Grandma was. She could work circles around anybody, like literally. Um, and yeah, she was always just running around, doing something, she could never sit still. Um, and just in Martha's words here, it says, when work needed to be done, she did not shy away from it. Her speed and ability to get things done was incredible. She could work circles around me. I don't remember her getting impatient that I was slow, but we would all need to get up and help pick her peas, and she could pick a couple rows before Martha could even get one done. Whenever we canned peaches or anything like that, her speed was incredible, and Martha likes to think that Ken and Michelle got that. I think Martha has some of it too, so they can work circles around people. Um, so she finished the thought with imagine cooking for a bus group of people and preparing for food in one day. Um, she used to cook for large bus groups and I was told that she would make everything fresh that day. Rolls, pies, everything. Um, she was an incredible woman. One of the stories that goes along with that was um, I don't know what day it was, probably a Saturday, they were out working and all of a sudden they remembered they had a bus group that was coming in about 45 minutes. They had nothing prepared. So all hands on deck, I don't know, Grandma, I guess, called everybody she could and they made food. They made pies, they made rolls. No one knows what they had to eat other than that. They had, they had meat of some sort, but in an hour and a half to two hours after they found out, the people were eating there. Um, so Grandma was incredible. She got things done, um, never complained. Um, and one of the things uh, Grandma always loved was her garden. Um, I can never understand. They moved off the farm to the smaller house, and her garden didn't seem to get much smaller. Um, most days in the summer, if you would stop by, Grandma would be working in her garden or out in the flower beds or mowing her lawn or something. Um, and it brought her a lot of joy. And one of the things this summer that was really hard for her was to give that up. She wanted to work out there, yeah, really bad actually. She would sit outside knowing that she couldn't go out there and work. Um, the children all remember waking up in the wee hours to pick peas. As you heard before, Jean has scars still from that. And a lot of them do. They would wake up at, I don't know, like 5 o'clock to go pick out, pick things out of the garden because it was going to get hot later. Um, and something Martha mentioned was she cooked for all these bus groups and all the vegetables came from her garden. All the peas, everything. Um, she had three chest freezers, so she would, yeah, I guess freeze a lot of things. And so a lot of work, but never once was she complaining about it. Um, something else, Grandma faithfully cared for Grandpa throughout the years after many surgeries um, and after his stroke, and she longed to live longer than Grandpa did. Um, she mentioned how hard it was that she was going to le be leaving before him. Um, she wanted to care for him until he died. Um, Grandma was small but mighty, you've heard that, and I thought she was fearless until recently I discovered she was scared of mice. Um, and this is a story, I don't know, I don't remember, the kids remember. She was out in the chicken house and along came a mouse and she started screaming around and jumping 
to her children and grandpa to kill the mouse. And in the midst, while she's jumping up and down, she landed on top of it and killed it herself. So even though she was small and mighty, she was scared of that little mouse. Um, so yeah, those are some of the memories. Um, one of the memories I have um, this summer, or actually early this spring, I, I really enjoy working with flowers and I wanted to plant some flowers. We live on a small plot of land, and so we didn't have um, anywhere to plant them. So I asked Grandma for a little plot in her garden, and she was very, very happy to give me a little spot. And it was really special. I would um, go down and work in my little plot, and then sometimes she would come out, and we would work in the garden together. Um, And as the summer went on, she wasn't able to. I would go down and work, and then... Sometimes she would come sit outside, and we would sit out there and talk. Um, And she always was encouraging me, even in the last days. Um, She was always praying for me, and she always encouraged me to read my Bible and to pray more. Um, And it was just, it was really, really a special time for me to be able to um, have that little spot in her garden. Um, I feel like, yeah, it was just really special she always loved plants, and I loved asking her questions about her plants and how she took care of them. I'm really going to miss that. Um, and I'm, I'm going to miss going to church with her. She was always there with a smile, a little touch on your shoulder. Um, and whenever our youth group went anywhere and we had a sign-up sheet for, prayer, uh, for people to pray for us, she was always the first one up there. Her name was always by all her grandchildren. No, no matter how many of us were there, her name was always up there. Um, I'm definitely going to miss her and her encouraging words. Um, Yeah, thank you. Hello. My name is Michelle Harris. Some of you may know me as Michelle Lecce. I uh, was introduced to the um, Esch family back uh, in my younger years, around age 10. And I was one of those uh, kids that was um, very intrigued by the Mennonite community. And I had asked, my dad had brought me here to Lancaster on vacation. My dad is a, was, is a Christian, still living. And I lived with him and my grandmother in the summers and my mom in the winters during school, school time. I come from a divorce background. Um, it was through Dan and Lena that I was introduced to Weavertown Mennonite Church, and I went through the memory lane on the way here. Um, and I saw the sign that you guys still have out front or out at the, uh, off 340 saying, Visitors Welcome. And little did I know when God planted me in the Mennonite community that I would be exposed to Weavertown Mennonite Church and get to fellowship with you guys. And I went to youth group uh, in my teen years. Um, I attended there a little bit, Um, but one thing that I remember is worshiping here, and I grew up in a Baptist church, but I was also raised Catholic, so coming into the Mennonite community, uh, the beachy Amish Mennonite community, it was a little different. Women sat on one side, men sat on the other. Um, Some of the things that were really intriguing to me and and made a huge impact on me was uh, Kneeling to pray at the pews, I just thought that was so cool. And uh, I was exposed to having um, 
foot washings prior to communion. And also, my favorite thing was hearing everyone sing a cappello. I just think that just sounds like angels singing in heaven. Still love it to this day. So all that said, just a little background. I'm the city girl that they were talking about. That was it. Felt very privileged and grateful to God to be able to be with the family and be with Lena as she took her last breath and entered into the presence of Christ. Saturday, um, early Saturday morning, um, I woke up and had devotions, and the Lord led me to Psalm 23. And he, I read through the scriptures, and the first verse stood out to me. Psalm 23, 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, meaning I shall not lack anything. And as long as we know Christ as Savior and he's our shepherd, we will lack anything. The problem is, is some of us are not. And I'm going to be reading from, uh, it's called All We Like Sheep by Larry Guthrie and Robert Newhouse. He has a verse on the front saying, uh, it's Isaiah 53, 6. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned to our own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And the problem is, is when we're not following Christ as our Savior, we don't know where God will take us in life. But there was a chapter in here, and I just, I lost it because I took my paper out. So be, be patient with me here, I'll find it. Because of coming from a divorce background, I felt um, orphaned, in a sense. Even though I had my parents, I felt separated and tossed between tug-of-war back and forth. But God had a plan for my life, and he has a story. He has a story for each one of you, and I hope that each of you know Christ the Savior. Um, the story reads from the book about an orphan lamb. It's not impossible to persuade a ewe to adopt an orphan lamb unless it smells right. If a lamb doesn't smell like one of her own, a ewe, I'll learn to pronounce this correctly, will butt its way and refuse to let it nurse. So to prepare an orphan lamb for adoption, we place a sweater on a lamb with a healthy mom. In my case, Lena was my healthy mom. She was my spiritual healthy mom. Once the sweater has the scent of the, of the accepted lamb, we turn it inside out and place it on the orphan. When the ewe smells the scent of her own lamb, she accepts the orphan because it smells right. We are like orphan lambs. The odor of our sin offends a righteous God. However, when we wear the covering of his own son, Jesus, it is as if he sniffs us and smells the sweet fragrance of his true Savior, because Jesus was accepted and because we wear his covering, we are accepted into his family, the family of God. Acceptance is smelling like one of the family. I'm very grateful and pleased and honored and privileged, Dan, to be a part of your family. Thank you, and thank you, Lena for accepting me and adopt, adopting me here into the family. I'm grateful to be here today. God bless.
read the obituary. Lee Nash, age 82, of Gordonville, passed away peacefully on Saturday, December 10th, 2022, at home with, after a six-year battle with cancer. She was the wife of Daniel Ash, with whom she celebrated 62 years of marriage on November 8th. Born in Churchtown, she was the daughter of the late Daniel F. Daniel F. and Rachel Ash. She was a member of the Weavertown Amish Mennonite Church in Burdenham, Pennsylvania. Surviving are seven children: Jacob, husband of Becky Stolsus Ash of Honeybrook; Lloyd, husband of Mary Ellen Ash King of Chiang Mai, Thailand. Martha, wife of Nate Bang, Smoketown. Kenneth, husband of Deanne Ash Gordonville. Glenn, husband of Jennifer Beachy Ash of Gordonville. <clears throat> Michelle, wife of Jesse Stolsfus of Parksburg. And Eugene, husband of Andrea Mullet Ash of Gordonville. 46 children, six great-grandchildren, one brother, John Ash of Narvin, and a sister, Barbara Stolsus of Elverson. She is preceded in death by seven grandchildren, stillbirth, two sisters, Sadie, no, seven grandchildren, um, two sisters, Sadie, Rebecca, six brothers, Jonas, Avon, Amos, Stephen, Daniel, the stillborn, and David. Mom loved gardening and flowers. She also enjoyed making blankets for children, for the children and grandchildren. She opened her home to people from all over the world, serving them food and giving them a place to stay for the night. While doing so, she always shared the love of Jesus with them. She enjoyed mentoring people and encouraging them. Mom loved singing and music, which was passed on to the family, and we often gathered around to sing for her, <clears throat> to sing for her up to the moment of her passing. Her love for Jesus began as a young child in elementary school. She passionately pursued Jesus for the rest of her life. Even in the last days, she wanted to attend church, even though she wasn't physically able to. She prayed faithfully for her children and grandchildren by name, passing on her legacy of faith to the coming generation. Many families and many family members share her passion for spreading the gospel, both locally and overseas. She and Dad were members of the Gideons for the past 45 years. The family wants to thank everyone that helped Mom in her journey of life. The last couple months weren't always easy. In the days going forward, we will miss <clears throat> we will be sir. Thanks to the women who stopped in and encouraged her in her fight for life. Thanks to the youth group who came and sang for her last week. We want to thank mom for showing us how to live and showing us how to die. Thanks, Mom, for being Mom. I'm going to 
I want to end with her favorite prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.